Hello, my name is Delmer Eldred. It is November 8th, 2022, and I want to welcome you to an interview on a very important issue that needs to be addressed. So joining me today is Liv Finney. She is the director of the Center for Education at the Washington Policy Center, and for years she has been passionately working to improve Washington's public education system. Liv, it is great to have you back, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, thank you very much. It's, it's an honor to be with you today. And Liv, why do you think that it's important that the state of Washington start up a voucher program or an educational savings program? Well, because as families have experienced during the last, in the recent time when they closed the schools for two years due to COVID, families learned that they have very little power in the system to, to ask their local schools to reopen. And that and the test scores that have shown the dramatic harm, educational harm that was done to students by closing the schools for nearly two years. Those test scores show that most of the children in Washington state are not getting what they should be in terms of learning basics in math and reading. And creating a voucher program or an education savings account program where families are given ask uh, direct cash in an account for the purpose of educating their child would would allow parents to have the resources they need to make up the pandemic learning loss that their ch children have suffered and this is you know this there couldn't be a better time for discussing offering families this kind of support right after the covid learning loss has hurt their children so so badly i mean if we just look to our neighbor to the east, Idaho, the the lawmakers and governor there have taken some of the unspent COVID relief fund, funds from the federal government and created a grant program and given it out, uh, given every child $1,000 and up to $3,000 per family for the purpose of hiring tutors, getting textbooks, getting materials to help kids catch up. And I think that's a perfect use of the unspent COVID relief funds. But because what's happening in Washington State, uh, they are not uh, the, the system just absorb is absorbing the money. And first of all, I've I've read that as of August, 1.6 billion of the 2.8 billion that we received in uh, COVID relief funds is still unspent, sitting in in uh, school district banking accounts. And while the students are not are are, are uh, is several. Uh, uh, grades behind in their learning and they, sh they need individual help, they need individual tutoring. So what better use than taking that unspent money, giving it directly to families so the families can hire a tutor and who will evaluate where their child is. This is an individual problem for every child and, and, and this, the, the government system does not handle individual 
children well. It, it, it has a uh, uniform, uh, one-size-fits-all program that it moves through from year to year. And if a child gets behind, they they can fall behind, get discouraged, and never catch up. And that's what I'm so concerned about and so many other people are concerned about, that we have set behind an entire generation of children by taking away two years of their academic education in school, and, and we're not doing anything to help them catch up. And that's why uh, a program that gives resources to, directly to families so they can do uh, help their child catch up is so important, like the one in Idaho, like now in Arizona. The state of Arizona has passed a new law this past summer uh, that was clearly motivated by the pandemic learning loss. And this this uh, program creates an empowerment scholarship account, which is a bank account, and it gives every family in uh, Arizona, everyone who every family who wants one, one of these accounts with the sum of seven thousand dollars in it, and and those dollars can be used to hire individual tutoring help, to get textbook help, to uh, homeschool, or even to pay private school tuition. And that, you know, moving the control over the money directly to the families who really care about the future of their children, who are who have every incentive to use that money to help their child learn, uh, is a very important uh, new development that's happened as a result of, of the pandemic, and a, and a positive one, I think. Well, Liv, you know, the thing is, is that we are still suffering from the consequences of being shut down. I mean, there has been an accelerated health crisis amongst our youth uh, because of the mandatory shutdowns. And I mean, it involves uh, a lot of issues, depression, anxiety. I mean, the thing is, is that uh, we've got to get back to uh, helping these kids. And it seems like the Washington state legislature, with a big surplus $15 billion they had, have just ignored what is going on with the youth and the the instead of helping with our education system. I I totally agree with you. They are trying to pretend that there's nothing to see here when it's a crisis. It's an it's an education crisis. We have we just got the recent nation's report card results out a couple of weeks ago and they show that Washington state 4th and 8th graders have the lowest scores ever in the history of the test. We used to score well above the average, and now we're at the average, and in some cases below average. And this is serious because, it, as you say, it, play, it will play out in the lives of individual children. So just imagine a child that doesn't get the uh, basics in reading uh, and in math that they need in uh, elementary school in order to succeed in middle school and high school. Those children are getting slowly discouraged because they've been moved you know, they, they, they lost third and fourth grade, let's say, because of the COVID school shutdown, and now they're in fifth grade, and they don't have the skills they need to succeed in fifth grade. And and, and slowly, slowly, they're, use, they're losing confidence, and they're getting discouraged about being able to catch to keep up with the program that the school system is, is delivering, even though they're, they, it's, it's going over their heads, okay? And and so this, this is a crisis, our state government doesn't appear to be interested in talking about it uh the the seattle times dell had an art, article by the editorial board last week that was calling out the system the state system for failing to address the problem and for 
only having spent 9% of these COVID relief funds on individual tutoring. And so they, so even the Seattle Times and Liberal Editorial Board is, is uh, criticizing their own friends in government for not, not addressing uh, the needs of the children. And this is, this is incredible that we're, we've, we've arrived at a time when the needs of the special, powerful special interests in education are, are met first and, and children are sometimes you know, at the very bottom of the of the priority list. Well, you know, the thing is, like you've brought out, Liv, in uh, a lot of your articles, that the test scores in the public school systems are declining all the time. But but the students that are into um, attending private schools or uh, private tutoring, their test scores are going up. So the problem lies that we, we need to pay more attention to what's going on in our schools as far as the academics are concerned. And, uh, you know, that's what is the happy talk metrics that you hear about? What is that about? Well, I, I am um, observing that often when the system of public education finds uh, failure, uh, staring it in the face, they will make up language to make it look like it's not so bad, <laughs> not so bad. So the recent language that I I noticed uh, that that uh, was being used was that uh, the state officials were saying, uh, well, they're maintaining progress, or they're saying they're accelerating to proficiency, or they're saying, uh, uh, think you know, just sort of happy talk like that. Uh, making progress, accelerating to proficiency. That's just the latest invention of the system to defend its own failure. I mean, you know, so, and I see it all over the place. There's always talk about parental involvement, but they won't give parents actual control over the dollars so they can decide to send their kids to private schools. They don't really want parental involvement. They just pay lip service to what looks like something good. And that's those happy talk metrics are all over the place that, you know, you start to read about education policy and it, it's just maddening because they are, they really aren't inventive and creative when it comes to uh, making, creating language that covers up their own failure. And if they put half the energy, they, they, uh, you know, expended on, on creating these, these false metrics on, you know, actually, actually educating children, we would have much better results. So, that's what I call happy top metrics. Now you mentioned you mentioned private schools and how they perform. I I, rec- I recently looked up the scores. Okay, this nation's report card that just came out. Private schools out outperform uh, the public school system significantly on the nation's report card. And and the private Catholic schools, if they were a state unto them unto let's say they we pretended they were all in one state, they would outperform every state. In the union, that's what these recent scores, test scores showed. So if we really cared about improving test scores, we would allow parents whose children are doing poorly on these tests to uh, have the resources so they can send their kids to private schools. And this would have the benefit of helping those individual families, but it would also create an incentive for the traditional system to improve because they, they would the 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 people making up these happy metrics would 
wake up and say, we've got to do better on, on educating our children so we so that people stay in our system and don't leave with their dollars. So it's a very good um, way to address the, fail, the the basic problem here that we have a monopoly government system delivering education and, and all the attendant, uh, you know, dysfunction that goes with that, you know, tremendous waste, uh, tremendous, you know, uh, medial, mediocrity across the board, and now failure after COVID. So the time is ripe. You know, we are, we are looking back on our experience of COVID. We are thinking about what we can do better. States, many states, I think, I think it was 18 states expanded their school choice programs across the nation during COVID because they saw if, if parents needed anything, they needed options to the traditional public schools. And they expanded these programs, giving money directly to families so they can uh, do what is needed for the child in front of them. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, going along with that uh, metrics talk, is they, it's, uh, I don't know about Washington, but there are places, and I wouldn't be surprised that it's happening here too, that they prop up the test scores with uh, curriculums like um, social attitude course or uh, gender uh, studies. And, you know, they use those test scores from there to prop up the ones instead of the science, reading, and math. Uh, so they show that, uh, you know, that there is improvement, but it's not really on anything that's going to help develop the, uh, the future for, these, for our youth. Yes, yes, they're not being they're not being rigorous and disciplined about it at all. They're just trying to create, create metrics that make them look good. I mean, you can just tell. Here, we, are, we have a 82% high school graduation rate, yet only 62% are passing the state test of math. So that just tells you right there that we're graduating kids that don't have the basic skills in math that the state asks them to, to, ha to, to acquire. See, either, and remember, during COVID, they were relaxed a bunch of, of uh, graduation requirements so they can maintain those high uh, uh, graduation rates. And that's not even high, 82%. That still leaves, you know, 18% of kids not graduating from high school. Well, every kid should graduate from high school. They should get the individual attention they need to graduate. But um, so, so these, and the other thing I'm hearing, I'm hearing some of the new, uh, talk from the from the left is let's the grading this the, the way we're giving out grades is too hard we need to uh, start at 50 percent there's there's a new form of grading that basically waters down the grades so that it's harder to give someone a, a flunk when they don't do any work so that of course undermines the influence of and the hard work of teachers that are who are trying to work one-on-one -on -one or with children to catch them up, they, if a child refuses to do his work, it's going to be harder to flunk them now. And this is all part of this new, you know, CRT stuff that's in the, that's in the schools. And this, this, uh, it's not fair to have grades. It's not fair to make kids work to earn grades. We're going to make it easier for them to get passing grades so that we can move them through the system. And that completely fails the child in the process. Well, you know, Liv, also it's like um, the kid, when they started school back up after they had shut it down for senseless reasons, but when they started the schools back up, these kids were so far behind 
because the virtual learning was a disaster. And they, anyway, but they don't back up and let them catch up. They start right just like the school had been going all the time and start picking up where the, and these kids are so far behind, they're lost in these studies and they're either frustrated or embarrassed because they, they can't understand what they're, teachers are trying to teach and they give up you know and that's and we're losing them right and left just because of the frustration that happened over that shutdown i think you said it perfectly because that's exactly what's happened they 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 denied children a proper third and fourth grade let's say and then they moved them along to the fifth grade when they didn't have the skills they from the third and fourth grade from that remote learning which everyone including the governor said was a failure so why wouldn't the governor and the leaders of this state say we 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 failed the kids we need to move some of this money directly to help the help the families uh help their children catch up of course that's what that's what you would do in a in a caring society but we're not doing that now we're not doing that. And and no wonder the kids are suffering, you know, mentally and, and psychologically because they're discouraged. And so you know what the you know what the solution of the system is is oh, we've got to hire more mental health counselors. So they close the schools, create mental health crises, and then instead of helping the kids catch up in school so they can flourish in life, they're gonna give them counselors to complain about how depressed they are. Well, you know, Liv, that's the whole thing, is it? And getting back, backing up a minute to the legislature, where are the legislature? I mean, this is a crisis that's going on, and they created it. They had a $15 billion, billion surplus, and they they spent it on all their special interest projects, and, you know, they, they paid no attention. I mean, I think they're just selfish, you know, as far as a— that when they get the money, they don't look at the problems that needed to be addressed. They look at where they can most benefit uh, the people that they uh, support them, you know, and that's the teachers union and the Washington state education people that wanted to keep these schools closed. And instead of uh, those two uh, agencies right there should be the ones that are pushing to get that money into the students to help them just like, Arizona and Idaho. Exactly. And and you don't hear that. Okay. So so the state superintendent of public instruction has just uh, put together a uh, budget request for 2023 before that he's going to put before the state legislature. And he's asked for, he has, he's not talking about uh, helping kids catch up from COVID learning loss. Not what, not at all. He's asking for a $6.5 billion increase to the general fund for compensation uh, adjustments uh, to pay the people in the schools more money and to hire more people in the schools. And this this is despite the fact that this this group of people in the public schools were protected from all the bad effects of COVID. They kept their jobs. They didn't have to go to work. They were not declared emergency workers, and they were protected from the from the harm of COVID. And now they're going to be given big pay increases while the kids that they're supposed to be serving are falling further and further behind. So no wonder people are losing faith in our, in our leaders when they do things like that. Well, you know, Liv, the tragic thing of it is, it's just like you talk about uh, school vouchers 
or the educational savings accounts, it doesn't cost, the, the schools aren't losing any money over it. But, the, you know, the benefit is, is outstanding for the, the states that are doing it, and they're starting to get these kids back on track, but not Washington State. And, I mean, you know, the thing is is that people have to start putting pressure on these legislatures and getting them to uh, turn loose of some of that money to help these people and help the kids get back to uh, learning and that's what we need. We need kids that can have learned and are ready to go and face a future. Absolutely. They're, they're our future. They're our children. I mean, the, it's a paramount duty of our, of our leg, constitutional duty of our legislature to make provision for the education, to make ample provision for the education of every child within its borders. It's our paramount and sacred duty to our children. And, and, uh, but I am encouraged because there have been several, four bills introduced in the last legislative session that would do just that, is give a portion of the funding that the taxpayers provide directly to families. So there's a bill, House Bill 1633, introduced by Representative Jim Walsh, which would give families $10,000 per child to use in an education savings gap to use on education-related costs, including private school tuition. And there were three other bills and with similar ideas, it was a similar basis in their program. And, uh, you know, the, the, the legislature is debating these ideas, the, and they are responsive to the will of the people. The polls show that 72% of the public now supports giving a portion of the funding directly to families so they can educate their child and their, you know, as best they see fit. This is a popular idea among Democrats and Republicans. Often legislatures are behind the will of the people. And, and uh, as we all take opportunities to talk about the benefits to families, to giving them actual resources so they can take on the responsibility of educating their children. As we talk about that, uh, eventually the legislatures will come around. I'm confident of that. Well, I, I, you know, I just want to thank you, Liv, for uh, bringing Jim Walsh to my attention. And, uh, you know, just looking at uh, what he's trying to do, he's an amazing guy, that he yeah. is one of the few legislators that has taken a real interest in the crisis that we're facing. And uh, I just want people to know uh, Jim Walsh at legislator, L-E-G dot W-A dot G-O-V, and you can email him, and I I urge everybody to support him. It's House Bill 1633, or you can call him at 360-786-7806. And Liv, I just uh, thank you for bringing that to my attention. Uh, you know, that was, I didn't think anybody in the legislature was interested in what was going on, and, and you uh, told me, no, we have a... We have a we have a representative that is working hard for us, and so I just think everybody ought to support him. I agree. He is a visionary. Uh, he understands uh, that education is a broad topic that we need to use every avenue available uh, to educate our children to the highest degree possible, and not get stuck in these uh, arguments about public versus private. These are those are arguments being made by people within the system that are self-interested, that are trying to protect their their uh, well-funded uh, monopoly. And we really need to put the interests of the children first and consider, and, and after that, 
everything will fall in place. Well, you know, Liv, I just want to, I really thank you for joining me today. And you are such a good advocate for our youth and trying to get this public education system right side up. I mean, I just want to thank you for everything you do. And, uh, you know, it's just, how can, uh, what's the best way that people can get a hold of you or um, send you a message that they want to address uh, on their concerns? Well, you may, I thank you for your very kind words. I really appreciate it. And I am available at Washington Policy Center. My email is L in Frank, I-N-N-E at WashingtonPolicy.org. And I welcome your audience to write me and reach out. And also to take my blog posts uh, and send them to your elected representative, because sometimes they're nice and short and they, they help put in words if you agree with what I've written, to, it's, it's a useful way to say, hey, look, Representative X, Y, or Z, this is what I agree with. You know, that, it's useful that way. Well, thank you. Thank you, Liv. Uh, this is Liv Finney. She is the uh, director for the Ed, uh, Center of Education at the Washington Policy Center, and she is the one that is, has uh, worked tirelessly trying to bring attention to what is important and help get our kids back on track and educated because that's our future. That's what we need. And thank you again, Liv, for being with me today. Thank you. It was a great pleasure. Thank you, Dale.